Good morning, church. Today's reading will be from the book of Micah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. Hear what the Lord says. Rise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the controversy of the Lord, and you enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with his people, and he will contend with Israel. O oh, my people, what have I done to you? In what way have I wearied you? Answer me, for I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O oh, my people, remember now what King Balak of Moab devised, what Balaam, son of Beor, answered him, and what happened from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. For almost two weeks, we have watched our large cities torn by protest, riots, looting, and violence over the murder of George Floyd. His death is, and, and, the, and the horrific images of his death have become a symbolic of some of the deep, deep issues of our nation. The public responses have been many. They are loud and politically charged. I have no intention today of being political, but I do believe that there is a biblical witness waiting to be spoken. The real issues that need to be addressed are the educational issues, the, uh, the justice issues, the economic issues, the racial issues, and they're getting lost in the debate and the emotional eruption. The deeper systemic issues of our land are or seem to be forgotten as we watch the looting and the violence, the political posturing and the blame that good law enforcement servants are getting for the corruption of a few. I don't have the answers to these problems. I have opinions. But unfortunately, most of those opinions have more to do with what others should or could do and so as I prayed through all of this and watched those images go across my screen, I began to ask myself, not what should others do, but what should I do? What should we do as a church? What is God calling us to do? That's what's really important, for I believe that we can no longer be silent. Let us pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our Redeemer. May these words be your words. And for all that I do not speak this morning that you would have me speak, O oh God, I pray that you would fill in the gaps with your Holy Spirit, that you would speak your word of truth, grace, and restoration to us this day. 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from Micah chapter 6. Micah was a prophet of the downtrodden and the exploited. He spoke out during a time of great social injustice. He spoke against those who, who imposed their power upon the, the weak and the poor. As he preaches to the people, Micah himself raises a question that my old college roommate used to raise when he was in an impossible situation or a tough place. He would say, God Almighty, what do you want me to do? Lord God, what do you want us to do? Of course, Micah said it much more poetically. What does the Lord require of us? As we look at Micah, I realize that especially in these times, maybe this word is for us. What do you want of me? Lord God Almighty, what do you want? Lord, what do you require of us? Micah mentions three things. There in verse 8, he says these words. He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? First, to do justice. Or in other words, have a concern for all people. Micah had a special concern for justice because he didn't see very much of it in his day. It was a pretty reckless day that he lived in. And what God requires of us is, is, is in our relationships that we, we treat each other with fairness, with integrity. That we treat each other with equality and with grace and mercy. Justice is... Equality for all people. And as we consider the events of these last two weeks and really of the last 400 years, racism should never be tolerated. In his call, Micah begins with the words to do justice. It's easy to say, but really hard to do. It's really hard to put it in reality. How can I personally make a difference in justice? For we are a nation of opinions. And the practice these days is just simply to talk over each other without any effort of listening to the other person or, or trying to understand. We want others to hear us without listening. But justice comes with dialogue. It comes with understanding, not with speaking over each other. I must confess that there have been times in my ministry when the, when the issues of, 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 of injustice have bubbled to the surface. And I've been rather reluctant. I speak to it to some extent, but I don't want to be political or controversial. And on top of that, I'm not a, I'm not a person who, who is a protester. I, I respect those who, who participate in protest, and I honor their right to do so. But if I'm going to speak, I want it to be on the record. I don't want to be a part of an anonymous group, but rather to speak openly and to let others know what I think and what I believe. This is a time where we all need to hear from each other what we truly believe, 
to speak out against injustice and to not only to speak, but to act. To have our actions match our words and to put our words into action to get involved, to make an impact, to do justice. The issues demand that we cannot sit on the sidelines anymore. Action is needed. Secondly, Micah says to love kindness. Now, that's the typical way that that, the word there, kindness, is translated. But when we really dig down into the Hebrew, a better translation of the word is mercy. To love mercy. And it's such a rich Hebrew word. It is full of of, of, of heartfelt emotion and concern for others. Mercy. And the Hebrew word always includes action. To love action is to take a step forward. Not just to love mercy, but to be mercy in action. When we look throughout the Bible, we see that mercy, the word mercy is used almost 300 times. In comparison, the word grace is used 176 times. Forgiveness, 112 times. And surprisingly enough, the word for hell and and, and for judgment is only used 54 times. When you put mercy and grace and forgiveness together, it is used 10 more times than judgment. We are not a people of judgment. We are a people of grace and mercy and forgiveness. And it's time for us to act. Through the teaching of Jesus, we see his mercy. When he tells the story of the Good Samaritan, it is the Good Samaritan, the one that you would least expect, who takes care of the, of the wounded traveler and goes not just to the letter of the law, but to beyond. When Jesus tells the story of the prodigal son, the father offers grace and forgiveness beyond the tradition of the day. When Jesus deals with the woman who is caught in the act of adultery, he, he, is, he, is, he offers her forgiveness and grace outside of the, the Jewish law. And the thief on the cross, while Jesus was crucified unjustly, the thief on the cross was justly convicted. He was justly put on that cross, and yet Jesus said to that thief, this day you will be with me in paradise. We are children of God, no matter what our political views, whatever our whatever our ideology or our race. And as the people of God, we must step into the the crisis of our nation with love and mercy. Instead of condemning, maybe the time has come for us to listen. Instead of defending our lifestyle, maybe it's time for us to repent. Instead of silence, the time has come for us to speak. Instead of sitting on the sidelines, the time has come for us to act, to be the church. Finally, Micah says to walk humbly with your God. To walk humbly with your God. 
Ah. You know, so often when we talk about a relationship with God, we talk about a right relationship, a good relationship with God, a, a righteous relationship with God that only comes through Jesus Christ. But here Micah says that, not, that that relationship is defined by our action to walk humbly with our God. And in order to do so, there's three things that we have to do if we're going to really walk with God. The first is to walk the same path that God is walking. What path is God taking? We will never learn to walk with God unless we know which path God is taking and to adjust our path to walk with God. So let us search the scriptures Let us find all of those scriptures on grace, on mercy and forgiveness, and let them guide our mouth and our words and our actions and what we do in the days ahead. Secondly, it is to say at the same pace. You cannot travel with someone unless you're you're on the same pace. You cannot walk with someone unless you're traveling at the same speed. I think there is an urgency to God in these days. There is an urgency to God and we are falling behind. I know that I am. So let us join in prayer that God would give us the strength to step with that urgency in in our words and in our actions. Let us confess our lack of action, our comfort, our apathy for the less fortunate. And let us remember that there is... There should be no timetable on equality and justice. No timetable. Urgency. Finally, both parties have to be going to the same destination. Where is God going? If we want true fellowship with God, we've got to be going to the same place. So where is God going in these days? We're all God's children. And do not misunderstand when I say this. I condemn those persons who are using this as a reason and an opportunity to show violence. I I condemn those who are opportunistic in trying to destroy the order of our land. But when I read my Bible, the place where God is going is to the place of those who are in need, those who are hurting, those who are grieving. God calls us to those places. To walk humbly with God. That's where we're headed. Some would say that our culture, our society is hopeless. That the rip in the culture is too deep. That we need to tear it apart and just simply start all over again. Those who profess and proclaim and push anarchy are are of one such mind. They think that they just need to wipe the slate clean and start all over. But I would say nothing is too hopeless for God. Nothing is too hopeless for God. Nothing is beyond the people of God when we ourselves are united. That is our hope. That is God's promise. When I was in seminary, we had some pretty uh, lively discussions in my ethics class. And Dr. Carney, the professor, would just let us talk and let us debate. There was one day when we were talking, I'll never forget it, we were talking about 
social injustice, and particularly racism. And he was going back and forth. And there was one group that thought that, that it was just, there was no hope. That it was doom and gloom. That we just needed to wipe the slate clean. Some of what we've heard here lately. And, and finally, Dr. Carney slammed his hand down on, the, down on the podium. And he says, wait a minute. Where is the hope? The room went silent. Nobody spoke. And again he said, students, where is the hope? Again, nothing. I guess we were all scared by this time. There's a man in the corner. We knew him as Jim. He was a janitor that would come in and set up the rooms for each class. And he was waiting for the class to be over to set up for the next. And Dr. Carney turned to him and he said, Jim, what do you think? Where is our hope? And it was almost as if he and Dr. Carney had orchestrated this because he slowly got to his feet. A smile went across his face. And he said, Dr. Carney, when I read my Bible, the love of Jesus is my hope. The love of Jesus always wins. No matter what anyone says, Jesus is our hope. As such... We are to put into action the imperative of Christ, the imperative of God to do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with our God. Even if it's just one individual at a time, one family, one church, one community at a time, Lord God Almighty, let us be the starting place. Let, us, let it begin in me, in us. Let us start right now and let us never, never, never Give up on the power of God through Jesus Christ to heal this nation. Never. Thanks be to God.